This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com forward slash critical to find out more. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 27th of June. In your Squiz today, Roe v Wade is overturned in the US. Russia takes a key Ukrainian city. Omicron subvariants surge here at home. And checking in with our national values. This is your Squiz today. Starting in the US, where the Supreme Court on Friday decided to overturn Roe v. Wade, the country's constitutional right to abortion. It means abortion laws are now the responsibility of individual states. It's a hugely contentious issue. The decision saw both anti-abortion and pro-choice activists take to the streets. Claire, let's just quickly get our bearings here when it comes to the original Roe v. Wade ruling and what's led to this decision. Yeah, so we have to go all the way back to 1973. That's when the Supreme Court said that American women had a right to seek an abortion uh, before the point at which a fetus can survive outside the womb. These days, that's around 23 weeks. It comes from a case called Roe v. Wade, which was a Texan woman named Jane Roe. That was a pseudonym. She went up against a Texan district attorney called Henry Wade. The case went all the way to the Supreme Court and it ruled in Roe's favour, saying that she should have had access to an abortion when she wanted it. Since then, there have been many legal challenges to that precedent. That includes the Dobbs v Jackson Women's Health Organisation. That's a case that came from Mississippi, uh, where the only abortion clinic in that state sued state officials. That's because the state passed a law banning abortion after 15 weeks, and that clinic said that that was unconstitutional. Fast forward to Friday and that decision was announced. Uh, What the Supreme Court said was that Roe v Wade should be struck down and that the decisions about abortion laws should be made by the states. The decision sees abortions banned immediately in nine states, with trigger bans in several more set to take effect in the coming days. It's thought that at least half the states will soon have some form of ban or limitations in place. Yeah, there's 21 states, though, that will have clinics that remain open. It's left many women to wonder whether they can go interstate to have a procedure. Of course, these things are in real time and the laws are changing very quickly. The anti-abortion lobby are looking to build on some momentum. They want to push for federal laws that will prevent women from going interstate to have an abortion. And they also want to block abortion pills. Uh, Those sorts of pills account for 54% of all terminations in America. When you look at the abortion rights side, what they're looking to do is trying to work out how they fight those state-by-state battles or at least get a federal law passed that would make abortion a right for all women across America. There's going to be plenty more on this over the coming days and weeks. We are going to do an updated shortcut on the topic and that'll be out on Thursday. Still in the states, but onto gun laws now. New laws on gun reforms were passed late last week by the US Congress and signed into law by President Joe Biden on Saturday. It marks the most significant movement on gun laws in decades. 
Yeah, it's been a pretty busy couple of days in the US capital. Uh, America's most significant gun violence reforms, as you say, President Joe Biden signed that into law on Saturday. He said that he's been told over and over again to just do something. And he was really pleased that the US Congress has come together with enough Democrats and Republicans to actually pass some reform. What they're going to be focused on are toughening background checks for young gun buyers, uh, also preventing domestic violence offenders from owning firearms and then helping state authorities to take weapons from people who are deemed dangerous. Biden called the passing of the laws a historic achievement and said that he hopes that it will save lives. Over to Ukraine now. Russia has seized control of the city of Severodonetsk. It means the eastern Ukrainian region of Luhansk is now almost fully under Russian control. It does. There is one city, though, that hasn't been taken, and that's Lesychansk. Uh, It's where Ukrainian fighters are expected to regroup. Uh, But basically, when you look at that eastern province of Luhansk, it's now under Russian control, uh, as is Donetsk. Both of those regions make up the Donbass region. It's a large industrial area that's been occupied by Russian-backed separatists for quite some time. Liberating the Donbass has been one of Putin's main objectives. So there's lots of questions about if it does get full control, what it might do next. Yeah, the question being about whether he would then call off the war or whether he would use the region as a base for further attacks. Back home and an update on COVID now. Thousands of COVID cases continue to be recorded each day and it's sub-variants of the highly contagious Omicron strain that have the experts concerned. Yeah, these are known as BA4 and BA5. They're set to become the major strain of COVID when you look across Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria. Uh, Of course, with our open borders and we're all moving around a lot more, that means that it will likely become the dominant strain across Australia. Uh, Authorities say that they don't believe that there's any difference in the disease severity when you come to other Omicron strains, but it's likely to lead an increase in cases uh, and hospital admissions. And that's because they believe that those strains are doing a really good job at evading immunity, whether you've been vaccinated or whether you've had a COVID-19 infection in the past. The advice is to get your booster shots if you're eligible and if you have symptoms, stay at home and get tested. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website. The results of the 2022 Australia National Values Study are in. It takes a look at how different generations describe Australia's values. And while there's some consistency in the top three values of honesty, equal opportunity and freedom, there's a bit of generational difference shaping up, Claire. 
Yeah, so older generations point to mateship, nationalism, security and rule of law as really crucial to Australian values. But then when you get down to the younger end of things, millennial and Gen Zers pick things like creativity and innovation, uh, achievement and intellectualism. So mm-hmm. good old Gen X, which is exactly where I'm at, we're always sort of stuck in the middle of things. We're not really old, but we're not really young either. <laughs> Um, We're sort of trying to interpret all of that. Um, But what the researchers say is that uh, Gen X was the first generation to see their mothers enter the workforce full time in a great mass. So they're really passionate about gender equality at work. All pretty interesting to take a look at how we see ourselves and how we think we see ourselves as a nation. I'll pop a link to it in your episode notes if you're interested. We finished up Friday's podcast with the winner of the Westminster Dog Show, so I feel like reporting on the winner of the world's ugliest dog will really round this one out, Claire. His name is Mr Happy Face. (laughs) It's a bit hard to tell whether he's that happy or not. He's got a bit of a wonky head. Uh, He can't seem to get his tongue out from out between his lips Uh, and he's pretty well hairless except for a bit of a spike of hair between his ears and he's a bit pimply as well so look he's won the world's ugliest dog what his owners say is that look he isn't that great to look at but he's quite delightful in terms of his personality Uh, And that's what matters at the end of the day. Organisers say the event celebrates the imperfections that make all dogs special and unique. I'll pop a link to that one in your episode notes. Mr Happy Face really deserves to be seen. Squiz the day, Claire, what are you taking note of today? It's the United Nations Small Business Day. As the leader of a very small business, I say hat tip to everyone who fights this fight every day. (laughs) It's a lot of fun, but gee, it's a lot of work. Yeah, small business owners are pretty incredible. Hats off to you guys. For me, it is the start of Wimbledon today. You know I love my tennis. As always, if you want a bit more sports news, head to the Sport Today podcast. They'll have you covered. They'll take you through the origin results as well. That's all from us. Have a good one. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.